It is Friday, ladies and gentlemen, and we got a lot to unpack on what is the number one source, the number one commentary site in terms of Alabama football news, notes, information, and content. This right here in my own words with yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine, coming to you as always from Tuscaloosa, streaming this to you through YouTube. And speaking of YouTube, if you haven't already done so, go ahead. Hit that subscribe button right now and turn on all of those notifications so that you can have the best in uh, alerts, information, content coverage on your Crimson Tides. Because of you, the Alabama football fan base, we are officially over 9,000 now, over 9,000 subscribers strong here on the network. But as I mentioned, we got a lot to get to, a lot to, uh, to unpack, a lot to digest, dissect, talk about when you discuss the Crimson Tide. But we start things off, as always, introducing the better half in the room, the straw that stirs the drink, the man, the myth, the legend. We got John Ivory in the building, as always. John, happy Friday to you. Happy Friday. What's up, chat? Hey, everyone, share the show. Let's get these numbers up. Light the chat up. Make sure to call in, and we're about to have a great show. About to have a major show indeed, John. And we want you being a part of it by calling 205-448-1358. The number again, 205-448-1358. And one more time, 205-448-1358. Want to hear your voice heard on this show whether it's you discussing Crimson Tide, whether it's you calling the event, just what do you want to bring to the table? Definitely looking forward to hearing you guys' voices on the channel. Also, it's going to be awesome to get a chance to speak with the lead scouting and recruiting analyst for Touchdown Alabama Magazine, one Justin Smith. That's the 2021 recruiting class continuing to heat, heat, heat up. So it's going to be awesome as he's back by popular demand. A little bit later on in the show, but we start things off here with an update. Three more players tested positive for the coronavirus for the Alabama football program, and this took place this week. But um, the good news is, is despite the fact that the cases have grown to eight, confirmed cases they being all eight players that tested positive showed showed uh, asymptomatic signs, which means they are less likely to pass the disease on or transmit the, uh, the virus to anybody else. So, and also in the second round of testing, in the first round, people were kind of panicking because five players tested positive the first round of testing. So people thought, okay, if five tested positive here, would it grow to 10, 15, and what have you? But the second round of testing, only three individuals tested positive. So what this means is uh, Nick Saban, Coach Saban, uh, the Crimson Tide medical staff getting a better handle on everything, making sure that this does not transmit, does not get passed on. So even though the confirmed cases of coronavirus in terms of the Alabama players has grown to aid, uh, the guys have showed no asymptomatic symptoms, meaning that they're not being transferred over to any anybody else so that's just a little update there but as we jump into now topic number one here of uh, the conversation and it's interesting how Reggie Bush college football legend Reggie Bush since uh within my generation and this would be since the turn of the millennium since the two thousand since the year 2000 whether you liked USC whether you hated USC you know Reggie Bush was the man people watched college football people watched USC the Trojans to see what was Reggie Bush going to do next was he going to juke somebody out their shoes was he going to stiff arm somebody was he going to put the ball behind his head was, was he going to flip and go airborne into the end zone people want to watch Trojan football and college football to see what was this young man going to do next? He was a very entertaining, electrifying, transcendent college football player and happy to know that now you know, he's been reinstated back with the Trojans after a 10-year period to where the program distanced itself from him. But he was on, he's now an analyst for for a Fox Sports College Football, and he dropped his top five list for running backs in the 2020 season. And at number one, 
He had Najee Harris of the University of Alabama. Kind of cool having one California native pay homage to another young man from this very same state. And Bush talked about, you know, Najee's ability to muscle through guys, hurdle over guys, how shifty the young man is, his size at six foot two, 230 pounds. Bush referred to Harris as the most complete back of any back on the top five list. You know, he mentioned how this young man is the same size as your average middle linebacker in the NFL. Also talked about how, you know, Harris plays in the SEC. He's a grown man in a big boy conference. He uh, is able, he plays against the best in defensive coaches, the best in defensive players, and how he's kind of able to, you know, frustrate a lot of those guys, just showering praise there on Najee. But the biggest two things Bush mentioned were how Najee is a more athletic version or a more athletic Derrick Henry. He also said that Harris has all the potential, all the capability, all the traits in the world to, you know, win the Heisman Memorial Trophy. And those two things are what we're going to digest, dissect, bring to the table, have a conversation and a dialogue on. Najee Harris, a more athletic Derrick Henry, I mean, Najee Harris, all the capability, all the talents, all the tools to win uh, the Heisman Trophy. And here on the show, John, we've had... uh, We've had fans, callers to to call the show. We've had people to leave voicemails on the show. We've even we've even had people to interact with us on the the show page, the Twitter show page at In My Own Words TDA on Twitter. That's at In My Own Words TDA. And if you haven't done so, ladies and gentlemen, we greatly encourage you to follow the Twitter page as we're as we're providing a lot of content on that entity as well. But A lot of people have been conversating about, you know, can Najee Harris do it? Can he have a Derrick Henry type of season? Is he capable of putting the team on his back like Derrick did? Can we see Najee unlock that inner beast and just really, truly take over the college football landscape? Uh, My uncle, who's a diehard Derrick Henry fan, is always calling my phone four times a day going, Stephen, when are we going to have that next Derrick Henry? Is Derrick coming back? Is Derrick going to be back in college football? And I have to say, Unc, you know, Derrick's gone. He's in the NFL now, and he always hits me with, man, he gone. Like, when are we going to have another Derrick Henry back in here? So for a lot of the fan base, the question has been, you know, can Najee Harris put together, you know, a Derrick Henry type year? Can he bring to life the comparisons that he gets to, you know, one Henry? And uh, both guys, believe it or not, have a lot of similarities. I know people don't like comparisons. People hate comparisons most of the time. But these two have many, many similarities. I mean, first and foremost, both guys, physical specimen. They take great care of their bodies. 6'2 and taller, you know, 230 pounds plus. Both guys, five-star running backs. They both came in and star-studded. Recruiting classes, Derrick Henry 2013, Najee Harris 2017. Uh, They both were Mr. Football for their respective states coming out of high school. Derrick Henry, Florida. Najee Harris, of course, California. Both guys had thoughts of transferring. And if, you know, in the event that Mac Jones, and I believe he will more than likely definitely do this, Mac Jones is the starting quarterback for Alabama from start to finish, then both guys would be in the same backfield or operating in the same backfield as a first-year starting quarterback that will look to go the distance throughout the entire season. So there are some similarities here between both guys, but you also have some differences. And the first difference is, Under Lane Kiffin, right, under Lane Kiffin, Derrick Henry was not required to catch the ball out the backfield. He was not required to do a whole bunch of blocking, although he did do a solid job in pass protection. But Derrick Henry's role was pound that rock. 
Run, 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 run. We're going to feed you. We're going to give it to you some more. We're going to run you some more. We're going to run you some more. We're going to pound it some more. Because, Derek, we got a beefy offensive line. We got a phenomenal uh, defense, especially on the defensive line. We have a quarterback in Jacob Coker, of whom we believe in now. 6'5", 240 pounds, has all the, the talent, has the arm talent, has the ability to be very, very good. If he could just stop thinking so darn much and just play football, we got something here. But as we settle him in, Derek, we're going to run you every chance we get. We're going to wear down the opposing defense. You're going to run the opposing team's face off. And once, the, and once the defenses get tired of you, then we're going to play action. So that was Derek's responsibility. Versus Najee Harris, who's in a true West Coast style of offense under Steve Sarkeesian, Harris is required to catch the ball out the backfield, which is the reason why he had 27 catches with seven of them resulting in touchdowns. Harris is required to help in blitz protection in, in the passing game. Harris is required to get out there and block along with his responsibilities to you know, run the ball strong in between the tackles and bounce plays out to the outside should he see something on the outside. One of the main reasons as to why everybody's sort of talking about this opportunity for Najee is the offensive line he's going to have. I mean, people have been looking at this offensive line being the best in the SEC in the upcoming season, being one of the best lines in college football, being a potential Joe Moore award-winning line. I've even heard fans talk about, let's take Evan Neal, move him from left guard to right tackle to have to book in offensive tackles and Neil and Leatherwood and let's put Emil Ikior Jr. at left guard. People are very high, you know, on this offensive line. And, you know, one of the reasons why Coach Saban spoke with Najee, Saban and the coaching staff last seat or in the offseason when Harris was debating on going pro, Saban brought up the idea of, well, Najee, if you come back, we're going to give you every single opportunity to hit on all your goals. He's got a lot of them now. I'm not in Najee's head, but I know he wants to be a 1,000-yard back again. He wants to set some school records if he can. He wants to collect all the individual accolades he can grab. He wants to win a national championship. He wants to position himself for the Heisman Trophy, and then most importantly, he wants to be a first-round pick, top 15, top 20 picks. So he's got all these goals in front of him, and with this offensive line, he's going to be able to have a chance to hit on all of those goals in front of him. But the biggest thing here is the difference between Najee and Derek is how fast will Najee Harris, how effectively and efficiently can Najee Harris get out of the gate to start the season? Because, and I know Reggie Bush mentioned Derrick Henry, but let's also throw Mark Ingram in here as well. Both Heisman winners, the year they won the Heisman at, Heisman at Alabama, they came out the gate like a thoroughbred racehorse meaning business. 2009, off the rip, Mark Ingram said, hey, I'm here, I'm bad, I mean business, deal with me. Mark Ingram, 2009 against Virginia Tech, 26 carries, a buck 50, and a touchdown, and a 34-24 win. Mark Ingram meant business. 2015, Derrick Henry against Wisconsin, we're talking 13 carries. For 147 yards, three touchdowns. I believe he was the Walter Camp player of the week. Ran a guy's face off so bad for the Badgers that he outside of what huddle he was in. I'm telling you, Derrick Henry came out the gate going, if you are in my way, you're like those Bambies. You're like those deer that jump out in the road. You must be wanting the death wish if you in my way because I'm running you completely over. He came out. And he started the season meaning business in 2015. So for Najee Harris, how does he come out the gate? That's the biggest question because uh, this past season against Duke, he came out of the gate slow and then didn't have his best performance in week two. You know, week three, Harris showed us he can catch the ball out of the backfield, but really did not have the confidence as a runner in between the tackles. He did not begin to scratch the surface of how good he could be as a runner until week four against Southern Miss. 14 carries for 110 yards. But then the confidence 
really didn't hit until LSU week seven, where he had, you know, 146 yards rush and a touchdown. Another dude came out against LSU, okay? Another dude came out. That was not Najee. That was a completely different cat that was a Brian Denny against LSU in that matchup. And fans are going, okay, this is the Najee we thought we were going to get when he came in 2017 as a five-star freshman from California. If Najee Harris can run the way he ran against LSU, if he can start the season the way he played against LSU last year and go a full season from start to finish running like that, then Saban will increase that workload. Then Saban will put more responsibility on him. Then there would be no doubt this man would hit on every single last one of his goals that he has. The question for Najee, he's going to start week one against his childhood program, USC, in Texas. How does he start the year? How does he come out of the gate? If he comes out strong, he will confirm those comparisons to Derrick Henry. If he sputters and rumbles around and can't get quite going, then you're looking at guys like Brian Robinson and uh, Trey Sanders and uh, Keenan Robinson and the freshman trying to get the juice going. So it depends on how does Najee Harris come out of the gate to start the year. But folks, we take our first break here on the show. We're just getting started here. Don't touch that dial. When we return from the break, we unpack your phone calls, your thoughts, your tweets, your your questions, your chats, your concerns right after this. Every sports fan deserves the proper representation. Wit Will Sports introduces to you the title towel. Wave that title towel in the air like you just don't care. In support of Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Only $9.99 and it lasts a lifetime. Head on over to WitWillSports.com and get your title towel today. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $5.95 per month or pay $49.95 for a full year subscription. That's a saving of almost $22. Go to touchdownalabama.com today and roll tide. We're rocking and rolling, folks, on a Friday here in Tuscaloosa. In my own words, with yours truly, Stephen M. Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Appreciating everybody tuning in via the phone line, via the YouTube chat line. We appreciate you guys. Got the man John Ivory in the building as always. And it's your time, Bama Nation, 205-448-1358. But I'm going to call in to let your voice be heard and talk in your Crimson Tide, 205-448-1358. 1958, and we got the man from Ballot Sports Media calling in. Chris, what's going on, man? How you doing? Can't complain here, man. How, how you feeling? I'm doing really well. Thanks for taking my call tonight, man. Absolutely. Yeah, I wanted to talk to you about Najee Harris because a lot of people are high on him and his Heisman hopes. Uh, do you think we get back to being, because I know what Tua took over, we started turning into a pass-first team and throwing the ball out a lot, but it used to be a ground-and-pound type of offense for Alabama. Do you think we get back to that this year? Nick Saban certainly wants to, Chris. It's an idea of Coach Saban likes a balance. He wants to be able to go to the well, and if he wants an explosive play because he likes explosive plays, he wants to be able to pull that out. But also he wants to go to the well and feel like we can go – Alabama can have a 10-12 to 15-play to drive where it's imposing the will on a defense and running the football. So Coach wants that balance. He's been talking about it for the last two years, and it's one of the reasons why he urged Najee to come back. He told him, hey, you come back. Back, we're gonna put it. We're gonna put the opportunity on a platter for you. We're gonna give you every shot to hit on your goals. And of course, Najee Harris came back, and now he has this opportunity. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think because uh, I think one of the plays that stood out to me about Najee Harris was that South Carolina game. What did he do? Break a tackle? Did like a spin move? Hurdled a guy? I mean, he went all over that defense. He did. And- <laughs> And he had a great year last year, too, and I think that 
I mean, you could say whatever you want about maybe he did have somewhat of a breakout year. I think this year would be an even better year for him. I think it will be just due to, I feel like this year, he will have the confidence as a full, complete back in terms of running the football also because while he caught the ball extremely well against South Carolina, that LSU game tapped into, I can truly run the ball, drag tacklers with me, uh, create big yardage with the ball in my hand on the ground, and, and like I said, I don't know what Sean Alexander told him that week, but whatever he told him, you know, Najee took root of that against LSU. But, uh, Chris, we appreciate the call, man. Keep listening to us. Yeah, thanks for taking my call, and uh, roll tight. I always enjoy Chris from our Ballot Sports Media calling in. But now we get to our next in the queue. We got Wangan on a Friday. Wangan, man, how you feeling? I'm feeling good. It's, it's Friday, TDA. I don't know what else I need to say. I hope everybody in the chat's doing good. And uh, Stephen, I hope you're doing well. And John and Justin, and we've got into a deep discussion here with this running back situation. Uh, I, I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm going to put you on the spot tonight, Stephen. Who was the best running back? Who was your best running back at Alabama? Go oh, ahead, man. Tom. God, who was my best? <laughs> as much as I love Derek, my, my best was Sean Alexander. Oh, me and you in the same building right there. I, you know, I told somebody the other night I was going to do my top five. I had Sean at number one, and I had to go with Bobby. Whether you like it or not, he was right behind Sean. Then I went with Kevin Turner, of course, and then Derek, then Mark, and then Eddie Lacey and TJ. That's pretty hard to pretty hard to put a number on them guys, Stephen. They were all great, great running backs. I mean, they, they, they were all solid guys. I guess the reason why we're so, you know, why I was infatuated by Sean Alexander was he was so smooth with it. Like, he was effortless and not just – running the ball, but catching the ball out the backfield and helping Andrews out in the passing game. Like, you, you could just tell that if you wanted to put the game on Sean's back, you can do it at any given time, and Alexander had no problem taking over. No, Bobby didn't either there. Uh, you know, both of them was that way. Sean just uh, – ah, he was unreal, you know. Uh, he was just uh, – he was like a uh, – you know, a game you play on TV, you know, it just never stops. I mean, you, it was just unreal. But a lot of people in the queue and a little short poem here tonight. We'll, we'll want to get some more people in the queue, time to talk. So we're going to go ahead. Hope everybody has a good weekend. Lord willing, we'll be back on Monday. Everybody stay safe, and we'll, we'll try to end it up like this. In 2020, the corona has taken over. We've lost our classes and our practices, too. As the bear looks down, Wearing his mighty hound, he gives us the strength and courage not to be worried and never give up or go down. As he was lifted up in Memphis when he won 323, that reminded me then. It makes me know now that COVID-19 will never, ever stop Alabama from taking the SEC West down. All right, we'll see everybody on Monday. Y'all have a safe weekend. Bye-bye, Stephen. Appreciate that, Waylon. We got another call in the queue. You guys lighting us up so far this Friday. You're live on In My Own Words. What's going on? Peace, peace, peace. What up, Steven? Doing good, man, and yourself? Oh, man, I can't complain, man. They're trying to enjoy this 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 nice day that the Creator has given us, man. Just peace to the chat, too, as well, man. Uh, man, uh, all I want to just talk about, man, my, my, my concern was the secondary. I just, I just want to see a big improvement from the corners and all all of the secondary really. I think we're going to see I think we're going to see a, a massive improvement from that group. I mean uh, Patrick's or Tam is second. I mean people look at him and some go well he's elite and some go well I'm not sure. So he's looking to put together a season where he proves he's a first-round guy. I like what Josh Job does a lot. I mean, nasty, physical, loves to jam. If he can just have the confidence to, 
you know, be physical but not draw a penalty. That's the biggest thing with him. I think he's gotten better with that. I think Jordan Battle is a highlight safety. He takes a step up. Daniel Wright's ready to lead. And even guys like uh, Ronald Williams Jr., the uh, the Juco corner, I think he comes in here. He, he finds him a spot. So you're going to see a much improved secondary. The biggest thing from all of this is, as Alabama kept the coaching continuity on defense. So you've got Carl Scott here another year. you got Charles Kelly here for another season. And then the brainchild of all of this is Nick Saban. So you kept the coaches on defense. You've kept the camaraderie on defense. I think the secondary takes a jump forward. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the season and all, man. I just want to make this quick, man. Y'all enjoy our weekend. Y'all be safe out there, man. Roll tie roll. Appreciate it, man. We're getting some callers here on the show, but we got to go to our next break here, folks. Don't touch that down. Still rocking and rolling here on a Friday. Upon our return, we got the man of the hour. We sit down with the legendary lead scouting and recruiting analyst for TDA, Justin Smith, talking 2021 class. You don't want to miss it. We're coming back. want delicious homestyle cooking, sushi, and hibachi, check out Otoro Hibachi in the University Mall in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. At home and you can't get away from the TV because the Crimson Tide is about to score? Don't worry. Delivery is also available through Waiter and Crimson To Go. That's Otoro Hibachi in the University Mall in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And make sure you let them know the good folks at Touchdown Alabama sent you. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $5.95 per month or pay $49.95 for a full year subscription. That's a saving of almost $22. Go to touchdownalabama.com today and roll tide. Back into the show, ladies and gentlemen, we got the man, the myth, the legend in the building. Alabama, touching Alabama, lead scouting and recruiting analyst Justin Smith, backed by popular demand on this Friday. Justin, as always, man, it's fun. You've been busy. You've been grinding. But you're back in here, man. How you feeling? I mean, t- I'm t- you are the man. Everybody's looking at you more so than me right now. But let's get down to it, man. Biggest news of the day, J.C. Latham, the five-star offensive tackle from IMG Academy, Bradenton, Florida, gives his yes to Nick Saban and the Crimson Tide for 2021, making this the seventh verbal commitment. This recruiting class is heating up. This was the number one offensive lineman in this cycle. Justin, how massive was this? bit of a leaner frame he really carries that 300 pounds really well this is a kid who carries that 300 pound weight like a guy who's 20 pounds lighter so i'm really impressed with this mobility i really like the way he gets off the football when he's run blocking so there's a lot to like about jc latham this is a massive kid he he's a true 6'6 a true 300 pounds when i got a chance to see him in action against hoover high school this past season he was really impressive just based off his size alone when you see a guy who stands at 6'6 and weighs more than 300 pounds when you're going against high school players you see that his size really sticks out and he also stood out when he walked into the Under Armour Future 50 Media Day room. This is a huge kid and it's a huge gift for Alabama for multiple reasons. Now you were at the Future 50 All-America camp. You, you, you were there and I remember you spoke about how you got a chance to talk to him, be around him and at first it really didn't seem like Nathan was high on Alabama. Now Alabama was messaging him and contacting him but it seemed like at first you know LSU had more interest Georgia had more interest, Ohio State had more interest. There were more schools that he was looking at more so for Alabama. So how huge was it to have Evan Neal play a role in this? Somebody who also came from IMG, uh, from the Florida area, Latham and Neal have a solid relationship. How big was Evan Neal in this push? 
Well, like you said, um, Evan Neal uh, was a former five-star out of IMG Academy. But as you said earlier also, the fact that Alabama was not heavily involved in this recruitment a couple of months ago when I got a chance to speak with him in Orlando, Florida. He did not speak about Alabama very much. When I asked him about Alabama, he told me that um, they emailed him and sent him invites to the game. They talked to his dad. His exact words were, they talked to everyone around me and do not talk directly to me. So it was not much contact directly in between, between Latham in Alabama a couple of months ago. He did say that Ohio State was pushing very hard. He was planning on taking spring visits to Ohio State in LSU, and then he was going to plan to make his decision. So if Alabama was going to get his commitment, um, if the if those visits were to happen, Alabama may have to possibly flip him from LSU and Ohio State. But since all of those visits were canceled, Alabama's coaching staff um, picked up their push for Latham State in contact with his family members like they already were, and got picked up heavier contact with Latham and also depended on Evan Neal, a guy who J.C. Latham can look at and say, yo, he came from IMG Academy, quickly rose up Alabama's offensive line depth chart. So this is huge for Alabama. I think Evan Neal played a huge part in that. Folks, if you're just tuning into the show here on Friday, we got Justin Smith, the lead scouting and recruiting analyst for TDA live on, in my own words, in studio. Justin, so this is huge for IMG. But this is huge for Alabama. Just yeah. seeing how the IMG connection. You've got Evan Neal from the program. You've got Trey Sanders. You've got Dylan Moses, and now the young man J.C. Latham commits. But now we look at the Brockemeyer twins, two guys that. Alabama fans are really excited about. They want to know what is going to be the move for these two. And I remember a picture of James Brockemeyer, the four-star offensive lineman, appeared on Twitter, him wearing an Alabama shirt, and people lost their minds. I think I flipped over my bowl of Captain Crunch, you know, looking at that. So when you look at the Brockemeyer twins, the last time we spoke, you said that sometime in July, look for them to potentially make their move. Um, yeah, it's definitely still a possibility for them to announce their commitment this summer. As I said when I was last on the on your show, in my own words, I did say that um their commitment could come this summer because their um visit schedule during the football season will be very tight. They will not have many opportunities to get out of the state of Texas and visit different schools because the Brockmeyer Twins' older brother is a part of the Texas Longhorns football oh, wow. team. So they are trying to go to as many games as possible, especially with their dad stepping down from SMU's coaching and actually joining um, their coaching staff, their high school coaching staff, and becoming the offensive line coach for the Brockmeyer Twins for their senior season. So them, them as a family are going to try to get to um, Texas as much as possible to um, support um, the Brockmeyer Twins' older brother. So they're not going to have too many opportunities to visit too many different schools. But as I also said, um, their dad did tell me that they feel very comfortable about the schools that they are considering, feel comfortable with those coaching staffs, feel comfortable with the visits that they have already taken. Their their dad kind of already understood and kind of predicted already that they may not be able to take any more visits than the, through the, throughout the summer. So they kind of had that in mind. So I think a commitment from those guys could come this summer. And I think Alabama is still in a good position. Another guy we'll look out for is Dallas Turner, a four-star defensive end out of Florida in the coming weeks. A guy who could verbally commit to Alabama. I think Alabama's coaching staff and the entire University of Alabama has really impressed his father and his entire family actually got a chance to, te- to, to talk with his father, DeLon Turner, and he actually told me that he was very impressed with the University of Alabama, not only the athletic side, but the business side, the athletic side, as well as the academic side. So Dallas Turner's got to look out for as well. Another guy here, Justin, that we have to talk about, and you got a chance to speak with him, is that Tim Keenan, the four-star defensive lineman out of Ramsey High School here in Birmingham. And the crazy thing about it is, Coach Saban has done a phenomenal job recruiting the Birmingham area for defensive linemen from Marcel Darius down to Deron Payne to Quentin Williams to DJ Dell. I mean, if you want to go and get you a defensive lineman, hop to the Birmingham area because Nick Saban goes right there uh, to get those guys. And, you know, Keenan has a relationship with Quentin Williams. He liked what Deron Payne did. So how involved are the former players from the Birmingham area in terms of defensive linemen, how close are they with Keenan? And when you've talked with, and when you've talked with him, uh, what kind of vibe has he given you? What is he working on, you know, this season? 
Well, I think he's really close to DJ Dale just based off the age difference. I think those guys are um very close to, in terms of age, so I think he's very close to DJ Dale. He also has a very close relationship with Quentin Williams. He actually worked out with Quentin very recently, so I think his relationship with Quentin is um very good. And he also looks up to De'Ron Payne. He really likes the fact that those guys came from the Birmingham area and really blossomed at the University of Alabama on their way to the NFL. So um that really stands out to Tim Kennan the third. And when I got a chance to talk with them, you guys check out the last episode of the process where I got a chance to talk with four star defensive tackle out of Ramsey High School. He did tell me that um, Alabama is still pushing, but so are so many other SEC schools. I think Alabama's in a good position with them, but this is going to be a dogfight, or really a battle for this four star defensive tackle. With How so much of a dogfight are we talking here, Justin? <laughs> We're talking about a um, dogfight that's possibly going that's possibly going to last until early signing day, or possibly national signing day in February because he wants to make his decision around that time. He really wants to evaluate all of his options. So Alabama's going to have to fight to pull in the next possible Birmingham great defensive tackle. Now, one of the things you mentioned to me off the air here is he has some he has some he has some different uh things that he's trying to look for in terms of Alabama and, and wanting to know, you know, why do the players transfer, you know, just talk about like what what is going into Kennan's decision for in trying to come to the Crimson Tide because there was there was a lot you laid out to me that's going into his decision. Well, he did say on the show that um he will factor in how many players are transferring from a school, which is something that's happening happening across college football. A lot of teams are getting hit by players hitting the transfer portal, but he will say he will look at why those guys are hitting the transfer portal. And of course, Alabama has had quite a few transfers over the last couple of weeks, and I think he. He's going to look at every school that has those transfers and running, wondering why they transfer. I think he's going to just look into that. I think a lot of recruits are going to look into that. And as I said, a lot of other schools are getting hit by those transfers. And if that does happen to hurt Alabama, I think the fact that he's close with guys like Deron Payne, um, Quentin Williams, and also DJ Dale, I think they can help circumvent that if um, Alabama's coaching staff. Um, if Alabama is that, if that stands in the way of him um, possibly choosing Alabama, the fact that they have a lot of transfers. Well, folks, if you're just tuning into the show, ladies and gentlemen, we got the lead scouting and recruiting analyst for Touchdown Alabama Magazine live here on the set. Justin Smith, the man, the myth, the legend, talking 2021 recruiting as J.C. Latham, the seventh verbal commitment, the five-star offensive tackle for this class. And Justin, there was also a corner that has dropped his top four or top five list, and Alabama is in that as well. And as I've mentioned on, on recent shows, Four positions, Saban always gets a stud in. Wide receiver, running back, linebacker, and, and the defensive secondary. Talk about this corner right here. Well, um, the corner who released a top six was Kyrie Jackson. He's a JUCO um product out of East Mississippi. I think he's a JUCO, one of the many JUCO products that Alabama is going after at the defensive back position. When you look at Alabama's current defensive back room, it's a possibility that they may lose some guys at the end of this season. And when you bring in those guys next season, you possibly want to lean on the guy who has some experience. So possibly bringing those JUCOs, JUCO guys in could really help Alabama. When you look at we look at Alabama's defensive back room from that side, but also Alabama. Alabama's former 2021 commit defensive back commit Latrell McCutcheon actually dropped a graphic and included Alabama. And I think a lot of Alabama fans starting to question, yo, is he still considering Alabama? Yeah, he is still considering Alabama. When we look at Latrell McCutcheon, he's a pretty athletic kid. Unfortunately, he was unable to play his entire junior season due to a leg injury, but he's working back to get back to 100%. And I think he's close to 100%. His dad told me that he's constantly working and constantly getting better. And he also told me that Alabama is still considering one of his top schools so the trail McCutcheon and Alabama still look to be on um solid ground and when he verbally committed to Alabama at first he did tell me he had a great relationship with Carl Scott and also Alabama special teams coach Jeff Banks those guys are really known inside the state of Texas so I think Alabama is in good shape with the trail McCutcheon I think he will give Alabama another look now Justin I know you are constantly on the road here so uh for me Jeff Banks dropped a graphic on social media a couple of days ago, and it highlighted the nine true freshmen that started last year, the 25 true freshmen that played it all, and basically saying how the coaching staff is just tired of people having this myth, this misconception, oh, Alabama does not play you know, true freshmen. When young recruits see the coaching staff is behind, if you're good and you're a young guy, we're not afraid of putting you on the field. What does that do for a young recruit seeing the coaches are behind? 
behind. We're getting the best talent on the field. And if the legend is a freshman, so be it. Yeah, I think the graphic that Jeff Banks put out is just a part of it. Graphics are becoming a huge part of the recruiting process, but I think that's just a small part. I think action speaks louder than words, and I think Alabama has shown it. And as you've seen it at graphic, they were able to show a large number of guys that they put on the field as freshmen. Also, a couple of guys, I think it was nine, that started as freshmen. So I think Alabama, the proof is in the pudding. I think Alabama really proves that, they, yo, if you're a freshman that comes in, yo, you're going to get an opportunity. You saw that with Jalen Hurts. You see that with so many other different guys that come in and they're ready to play as freshmen. If you're ready to play, Alabama's going to let you play, and that's something that Nick Saban pushes when he when he recruits guys. Yo, we're not going to give you enough. We're not just going to give you um, the position, but we're going to give you the opportunity to come in and make an impact. It's the University of Alabama, folks, where legends are made. But here at Touchdown Alabama Magazine, we have the legendary scouting and recruiting analyst Justin Smith here live on the show, in my own words, breaking down this recruiting class. Justin, as always, man, we appreciate you coming on. Enjoy your expertise, your viewpoint. We know you got to get on the road because you got that cot somewhere in a recruit's house ready to get down some more scouting and some more information. But until next time, man, we appreciate having you on. We're going to go to another break here ladies and gentlemen upon our return we unpack more of your thoughts your calls your questions your viewpoints right after this Town Menswear in the University Mall in Tuscaloosa. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $5.95 per month or pay $49.95 for a full year subscription. That's a saving of almost $22. Go to touchdownalabama.com today and roll tide. We're back in, folks, to the action on the hottest show on the streets, the best form of Crimson Tide football. News, notes, and information in the game, in my own words, with yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Got the man John Ivory right here, as always. It's great to get a chance to sit down with the lead scouting and recruiting analyst for TDA, Justin Smith, as he always does, dropping the best of knowledge on the recruiting trail. But it's your time, Bama fans, 205 448-1358, and I'm going to call in to let your voice be heard on the show. 205-448-1358, and one more time, 205-448-1358. You can also text with that number and leave a voicemail with that number. If you haven't done so already, be sure to hit that subscribe button and turn on all of those notifications so that you can have the best in news, notes, and coverage on your favorite football program the Alabama Crimson Tide. But as you're getting your thoughts together here, some more big news in regards to college football. Brett McMurphy, who is a reporter for Stadium, dropped a tweet, a report on Thursday. And the report was the NCAA Oversight Committee has approved the six-week preseason practice, the, the six-week preseason practice plan. So the NCAA Oversight Committee has approved the six-week preseason practice plan. So if the if the NCAA Division Council, if the council now approves of it, then between mid to late July, we can see college football teams begin the summer practices, the four to six week you know, summer practices and being able to get that time back that was lost from spring ball because of the global coronavirus pandemic. So having this news happen, it's a big deal. You know, Crimson Tide, other programs in college football have been wanting this. So the NCAA Oversight Committee has approved the six-week preseason practice plan. So now we are waiting on the division council for their approval, for their consent, for its co-sign. Once we, did, once we get that co-sign, which according to McMurphy could come the early part of next week, we can start the, uh, the summer practices. But we go live to the phone lines right now as we pick up another call. You're live on In My Own Words. What's going on? 
you guys doing this wonderful Friday evening? Man, we are doing fantastic. Can't complain here. The sun is out. We get to talk Alabama football. We had the man Justin Smith on the recent segment. We're doing great. Good. I heard Justin, and I, I tell you, it was outstanding hearing that good news about the recruiting, that it's going to be looking good for Alabama, hopefully this coming season, and you and John there keeping it alive. And, I mean, it's just a wonderful day. I, I'm just so proud of you guys and just for keeping us updated and on the beat with what's happening with Alabama football. You guys just keep doing what you're doing. Awesome job. Appreciate it. You, you enjoy the rest of your Friday. I sure will. You all have a good one now. Road tide to you both. Well, okay. As always, we got the Perry County group calling in. We appreciate those guys, as always, showing us the love here on the show. But just getting back to wrap up that topic, it's good that as much as it was painful not to have spring ball, and believe you me, it was painful, as painful as it was not to have spring practice, to be able to have an opportunity to have a four- to six-week practice period, which if this is approved by the Division Council of the NCAA, then uh, we can start having these practices between mid to late July. So that comes from Brett McMurphy of Stadium. Also, I know this young man is no longer at Alabama. He's in the NFL now, drafted by the Denver Broncos, number 15 overall pick. But, folks, look at this video of Jerry Judy. Look at the feet that Jerry Judy – picking dirt off the ground. I mean, the footwork, the agility, the pace, the change of direction. I mean – Whomever is playing fantasy football, John, are you playing fantasy football this year? Um, I might play. Yeah, I might play. I mean, if you, if you do, John, don't draft Jerry Judy because if you draft him, he's gonna bite. If you take Jerry Judy from me, John, you and I are gonna throw hands because looking at this video, I mean, fantasy owners are happy right now. The, the, the Broncos front office is real happy right now. Drew Locke is giddy with glee right now. I mean, J Jerry Judy to me. Rookie season, I'm going to call it right now, he's going to probably have 50 catches for 850 receiving yards and between six to eight touchdowns. I'm calling it right now. I know the Broncos have Noah Fant, who's a really good tight end. I know it has Cortland Sutton, a 1,000-yard receiver. I know it also drafted K.J. Hamler out of Penn State, another burner at that position. But I'm telling you right now, I'm calling it. Jerry Judy, 50 catches, 850 yards, and between six to eight touchdowns, this is un this is unholy. This is unfair. The ability to run like that, to change directions like that, to stop on a dime like that, to have dancers' feet like that, but his ability to control it and still be able to catch the football the way he has done throughout his collegiate career and now going into his first year, his rookie season as a pro, Drew Locke is about to see firsthand of why Tua Tagovailoa was so happy throughout his entire collegiate career. But along with one Jerry Judy, also good news in the NFL regarding one C.J. Mosley, another former Alabama player who is now with the New York Jets at middle linebacker. He did not he did not play a whole lot last year at all due to a groin injury. He's officially back. He's officially healthy. He has stated that he can do everything in training camp, and this is major because with Mosley in this defense, the Jets are probably going to have one of the more nastier defensive fronts in the league when you look at Mosley and also Quentin Williams on that defensive line at that nose tackle position. So big ups there for Jerry Judy shredding it in the training videos as he gets ready for camp. Big ups there to C.J. Mosley, 100% fully healthy. He's getting ready to show the world of why you know, the Jets thought so highly of him to give him that five-year, you know, $85 million deal that he recently signed about a – about a year ago, if I'm not mistaken here. So we're going to go to another break here on the show, but don't touch that dial. Continue to light us up in the YouTube chat line. Upon our return, we dive into the Alabama players for this season and why the 2020 quest for a national championship falls solely on the players. We'll touch it up right after this.
If you're an avid Alabama Crimson Tide fan and you love to flaunt it, then show your Alabama Crimson Tide support by grabbing the Alabama sneakers. They feature bold Crimson Tide graphics, so no one will be able to question where your allegiance lies. When you add these sweet sneakers to your Alabama Crimson Tide collection, go to stsfootwear.com and use the code TDALABAMA for $15 off your purchase. That's code TDALABAMA for $15 off your purchase. Go to stsfootwear.com and get your Alabama sneakers today. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $5.95 per month or pay $49.95 for a full year subscription. That's a saving of almost $22. Go to touchdownalabama.com today and roll tide. Rocking and rolling here on this TGIF edition of the show. Thank goodness it's Friday. In my own words, with yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. As always, folks, if you haven't done so already, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and turn on all of those notifications so that you can have the best in updates, news, notes, analysis, and coverage on your Crimson Tide. But this season, the 2020 season for Alabama, the quest, the journey, the push for a national championship, it comes down solely to the Alabama players. Comes down solely to the players. The coaching staff should not have to say anything this year. You as the fans, you guys shouldn't have to say anything this year to provide all the more motivation needed. I mean, the last two years, Alabama not winning a national championship. Of course, this past season, not getting to the SEC championship game and winning that. You know, missing out on the college football playoff for the first time since the event, you know, was brought in in 2014. And then not winning a national championship. So you got you got all of those things in the picture. And then when you have, you know, national media talking like Bama's done. You know, Bama's over. Bama's no longer on top. Bama's no longer the creme de la creme. You know, the time is running out on Nick Saban. The windows close. The mighty's falling. Now we're going to see somebody else be the bad man on the block. Now we're going to see somebody else become the king of college football, when you have all of this doubt coming at you, when you have all of this friction coming at you, when you have all of the haters and the naysayers coming at you across the the national landscape, you know, the coaches don't have to say anything. The fans don't have to say anything. The players know how big this upcoming season is in terms of getting to, you know, a national championship, even down to, you know, last year when you look at the awards, the individual awards and how Alabama got snubbed, you know, for a lot of those. Devontae Smith, you know, not a finalist for the Fred Bolitnikoff Award, although he had incredible stats this past year. Uh, Xavier McKinney, who did everything for that Alabama defense except for sale hot dogs and beer, he was not even a finalist for the Jim Thorpe Award. So a, a lot of frustration, you know, a lot of charged frustration is going into this Alabama team this year because they know people are counting them out. You know, national media counting them out. National media hating on them. People saying, no, Bama's done. Nick Saban is no longer at the top of a college football mountain. So this year is really, really pivotal, you know, for this year's team. It's, It's a big year. For this group and you know not just the current players feeling it you know the freshmen feeling it why do you think the freshmen are coming in here pushing so hard and and challenging guys and and throwing tweets out like if you're not coming to Alabama if you don't want to be with the Crimson Tide then you just don't want to win when you got freshmen coming in here talking that talk you know there's a sense of urgency within uh, the program right now and for example, I know the Walter Camp Football Foundation put out its preseason, you know, All-American list, its All-American team on Thursday. And although six players made the preseason team, only one guy 
made the first team list, and that was uh, Devontae Smith. The six guys that made it, you had Devontae Smith, Najee Harris, Alex Netherwood, uh, Dylan Moses, Patrick Sertan II, and one Jalen Waddle. But the main guy that made it, you know, offensively first team was Devonta Smith. And, and that was great to see Smitty make it to represent the first team just due to people overlook Smitty, people don't talk enough about Smitty. A at times, you know, you don't, People don't highlight him enough for his skill set and what he does on the field as the route runner that he is, the great hands that he has, the determination, the, the ability to, to work back to the quarterback, his uncanny ability to not drop a football. So it's about time people honestly recognize Devontae Smith as being a first-teamer. But some of these guys on the second-team list – have a lot to prove here in the upcoming season. First and foremost, Najee Harris is on the second team list, y'all. First team for Walter Camp was Chuba Hubbard of Oklahoma State. And, of course, Travis Etienne of Clemson. And going back to topic one, uh, the great Reggie Bush saying Najee Harris, more athletic. Derrick Henry, Najee Harris, all the capability to win the Heisman. He has a chance to have a very dominant, dominant year. Well, this is Harris's moment to show. Yeah, Chuba, Chuba Hobbit's all right. You know, Travis Etienne is good, but I'm Najee Harris. I, I am the beast of college football. So here is Najee's chance to prove all of that. To not only prove the comparisons to Derrick Henry are true, but to also prove that he's the best running back in college football. He's a bona fide first-round pick. And him getting Alabama to the national championship. Another guy that was a second team was Alex Leatherwood. And Leatherwood not taken too kindly to that because Wood, you know, last year – well, last year as a as a as a left tackle, as an offensive tackle, he had a strong year, a solid year. Now I know against LSU, he gave up a couple of sacks to Kangavon Chaseon, but this will be his year to completely shut down the left side of that line, making sure no one's getting to Mac Jones, no one's getting to Bryce Young or whoever, whomever you know pulls in that starting spot. Though I 100% have full-on belief in the cards that Mac Jones is going to get that number one you know, QB spot. But this is a moment for Alex Netherwood to prove I'm the best enough tackle in college football. I'm the best offensive tackle, period, in college football. I'm the guy that's going to win the Outland Trophy. I'm a guy that's going to, you know, navigate this front line to winning the Joe Moore War. You know, I'm getting the SEC Jacobs blocking trophy. I'm snatching every single honor I can get my hands on. So this is a big year for Alex Netherwood to show people that he can neutralize the speedy, he can neutralize the quick twitch, he can neutralize some of the more experienced edged pass rushers in the sport. So that's uh, another one. Third guy, well, next guy that was a second team guy was Dylan Moses. Boy, is Dylan charged up to snatch back everything that was taken from him because of an injury. He didn't even get a chance to play last year. Now, this year, he's eyeing the Buckus Award, the Chuck Bednarik Award, the Bronco Nagurski Award, the SEC Defensive Player of the Year. He's eyeing every award in its face and saying, I'm coming after you, 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 and you, and snatching all of them. He's coming after all of them. And he's looking to be, you know, first-round pick, top five, top ten guy to captain this defense, to get this group back to being a top five unit across the board, across the landscape, and getting it to a national championship. The next guy here, Patrick Sertan II. We've already talked about him. Some people look at him as an elite guy. Some people go, oh, I'm not sure. Sometimes he chokes. Sometimes he got out. Sometimes he got bodied by receivers. I'm not sure about Patrick Sertan. This is his moment to bow up. This is his moment to boss up. Not make boss statuses, but make boss moves. This is Patrick Sertan's moment to boss up and have an incredible year locking down his side of the field. Whether he's in an outside corner, whether he's in the nickel spot, and that star role, him to show he is legitimately first-round pick, locked down defensive back, breaking up on passes, creating turnovers, creating interceptions. This is the year for Patrick Sertan 
the second to put it all together. He's got the genetic makeup. His father, Pat Sertan, played in the league for both the Kansas City Chiefs and the Miami Dolphins. So this is the son's year to do his thing. And last but not least, Jalen Waddle. And I don't understand why he was second team. I don't think people respect Jalen Waddle as a receiver. I mean, this was the same brother that had 848 receiving yards as a freshman and seven touchdowns. I believe he had four 100-yard games as a freshman, including 113 yards and a touchdown against Georgia in the SEC title game in 2018. I mean, this past year, despite the fact that he only touched the ball 293 times, 33 catches, 560 yards, and six touchdowns. People don't give Waddle enough respect for his output as a receiver. Oh, they respect him as a punt returner. Oh, they respect him as a kick returner. And even at that, I don't even think, I don't think Walter Camp respects him as a kick returner because they got him on the second team list. But here's a moment for Jalen Waddle to show people a more than just return guy, people. I can burn you at wide receiver. I know Judy had the sauce. Ruggs had the sauce. Smitty got some sauce. Baby, I'm water. I got all the sauce. I got it. Polynesian, ketchup, tartar sauce, whatever you want. Barbecue, got it all. Hot, fan me. Jalen Waddle is ready to show everybody. He's got all the sauce from a wide receiver aspect, so it's going to be fun you know, watching him and all the players show that this year national championship year it's on them but you want all the news notes information and coverage on your favorite program the alabama crimson tide it's very simple to do here you get this by downloading the touchdown alabama magazine app uh from the iphone app store if you're rocking team apple google play store if you happen to have the android phone for your audio listening needs we got you covered here on itunes or apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher google play tune in radio Overcast.fm, iHeartRadio, we got you covered. If the good and gracious Lord sees fit, I'll be back on Monday continuing Crimson Tide football. But husbands, love your wives. Wives, appreciate, value those husbands. Children, do those things to legitimately not be bored. Get those three hearty meals a day, those three great laughs a day. Protect yourself. Protect those loved ones around you. Till next time, holla at your boy, Stephen M. Smith. This has been in my own words. 